I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. This is the Your Cake Ass Life podcast, episode number 73, with guest Dr. Eris Humor. All links and resources you hear in this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 73. This is the Your Kick Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self help and badassery. Because, ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host. The girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. And as always, I'm very excited and grateful that you're here and very excited to bring you today's guest, my friend Eris. And I met what feels like 150 years ago in our um, the Coaches Training Institute in our training together, she was, um, I believe, already a licensed therapist and kind of came over to the coaching side, and that's how we met and hooked up. So let me tell you a little bit more about Eris. She has a PhD and an MFT and has broken down psychology on sex, love, breakups, divorce, and other human behaviors on so many different shows. Let me just read you a few of them. HLN's Dr. Drew, Nancy Grace, the Hallmark Channel, NPR, Entertainment Tonight, um, that show with Ryan Seacrest, KISFM. Do they call it Kiss FM? I think they do. She's also a star of Bravo's TV, LA Shrinks. You may have seen her there. And the author of Breakup Emergency, a guide to transform your break up into a break through. And I have something really exciting to tell you guys. So it's been two years since my book, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, came out. I can't even believe it's been that long. I feel like I blinked and two years went by. It was actually, the anniversary was yesterday, November 17th, and it came out early. It was supposed to come out in January, but that happens sometimes in traditional publishing. And so to celebrate, I am offering a sale on my book for personalized signed copies. So if you would like to get your hot little hands on a personalized signed copy of my book, uh, for only 15 bucks, that includes shipping to U.S. states only. Sorry, guys. If you want a signed copy, please send us um, an email and we will get you a quote. If you are living outside the U.S., send us an email at support at yourkickasslife.com and we will get back to you. But um, to get your hot little hands on a copy, a personalized signed copy of my book for only 15 bucks, that includes shipping, go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 52 ways. That's the number 52 ways, no dash in there or anything. And again, 
15 bucks, get you a personalized signed copy. It's a great gift for the holidays. If you already have a copy and you have some girlfriends that need some light and a fire under their ass to live a kick-ass life, great holiday gift, great stocking stuffers, and it's got a really pretty pink cover. <laughs> Yourkickasslife.com forward slash 52 ways. And without further ado, here is Eris. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. I am so excited, as always, to bring you our next guest because Eris and I have been friends. We were just talking before the show for, it's like eight years now. Mm-hmm. We met in our very first class with the Coaches Training Institute. It's broken up into five classes and we sat there, brand new coaches. You were, I think, like just barely licensed as a therapist, and now you have your PhD, and you're all fancy. <laughs> <laughs> fancy schmancy. Fancy schmancy. But thank you so much for being here, and I'm so excited to talk to you about relationships. And um, I mean, because who doesn't have relationship issues? And that's why we're here on the podcast to talk about what I like to say, shit that matters. And um, you ready to get started? Yeah, well, relationships with everything, with work, with your family, with love relationships, with everything. I mean, that's what keeps us alive, right? Absolutely. That's why we're the, here. Yeah. The drama of it keeps us alive. <laughs> keeps us on our toes, that's for sure. <laughs> keeps us on our toes and then the, um, you know, the good feeling of love. Yeah. That's what makes life worth living. So. Well, speaking of drama, you are now happily married with a toddler, but can you tell us about your relationship life before that? So what did you kind of need to go through that inspired you to write your book and become the woman that we see today? Well, okay. So I, in my twenties, I had, and before then I had breakup after breakup, horrible relationships. And it even sets back before then because I come from a divorced home. And so my parents were divorced. And so that was my example. The way they were with each other is exactly how I learned to be with other people. So our parents are always our reference, right? Of learned behavior. And so I kept attracting like kind of toxic relationships in my life and also how I was behaving in my life. And so it was just horrible. And I just kept getting my heart broken over and over again. And then when I was 27 years old, I went through a breakup with a guy that honestly, I was only with him for three months. (laughs) (laughs) But he was, quote unquote, the love of my life, Mm -hmm. like the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I was just so, you know, I just felt a really deep soul connection to him. And he broke up with me over the phone back when, you know, we didn't use cell phones as much as we do now. And I thought that my life was completely over and I didn't know what direction to go. I didn't know where I was going. I wasn't settled in my career. I just had no, like no clue where I was at. And um, so I started writing in my journal, which by the way, um, you know, the artist way, how they have you do the morning pages every morning, three mm-hmm. pages. That was like a life changer for me. And, um, I went down to the beach and I was just writing and writing in my journal and literally out came this idea for this book on how to heal your heart after a breakup. And at the time it was called a prince turns into a frog, a breakup book plus 10 remedies to heal your broken heart, which by the way, I still need to write for (laughs) younger girls and teenagers. Um, but yeah, so that was, you know, the inspiration of 
my book and getting my master's in psychology, again, ending up getting my doctorate in marriage and family therapy. And yeah, so I ended up, people said, wow, you have a lot to say. You should do something with this. You can actually help people because I went to a lot of therapy at the time and no, they just kept, kept me in my drama, kept mm-hmm. me in the, like negative cycle. And I wasn't finding a way to heal myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, if these people can't help me, then I have to figure out a way to help myself. And that's what I did. And so I ended up writing breakup emergency as my thesis for my master's degree. So I went to get my master's with the intention of I was going to research everything about relationships because that was my passion. And I did, you know, all of my research papers were on marriage and family and figuring out, um, you know, why we do what we do and the behaviors of what we do. And then I ended up getting together with my husband, who ended up helping me co-write the book, which is now published. Mm-hmm. My, my boyfriend at the time helped me. And now it's Breakup Emergency. Nice, which I have a copy and everyone should go run out and get one. There's actually a link to the book if you are interested and you're listening. If you go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash seven three, there is a direct link to Eris's book. And I, I love that. I, I think, you know... I love there's like a quote. I don't know if the Harry Potter lady said this or what. I'm I'm so terrible with quotes and crediting the people. <laughs> so embarrassed. But um she says rock bottom is the solid foundation I built my life on. Yeah. And I think that is for all of us. I mean, as you know, getting sober, it's like everybody has a different bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, and for everybody it's different with in a different way. Like there's no one size fits all formula for anyone. Right. For me, it was relationships. Like that was my poison. Mm -hmm. That was mine too. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, that was my bottom and just, I was so scared and all alone. And so I, I needed to figure it out. And that's why I say everybody needs to be their own physician, you know, heal yourself. Right. Right. We we all need to figure out what works for us. And so I needed to figure that out Mm -hmm. um, for myself and get through relationships. And, you know, that to me still today is the toughest work to do. Even though I've been with my husband for um, almost 11 years and, you know, I mean, we've got a great solid marriage, but it takes work to be in a good solid (laughs) marriage. You know, I can't tell you how many people come into my office and say, God, I don't want to do it. Why does it have to take this much work? You know, I'm like, are you kidding me? Get a dog. (laughs) And dogs are a lot of work too, by the way. Get a hamster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it's so much work. Fish will die if you don't feed it every day. Right. It's it's the same thing. You know, it's, it's, you have to put work into something that is good. Mm -hmm. You know, your job I mean, people work eight plus hours a day. They put all of this time and energy to, you know, go to work and or make put money. in that much time at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. And then nothing with their relationship. They just right. want it to be easy. Because <laughs> love should be easy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I get it. And that's interesting that you bring that up. And we don't have to go down this this long tangent. And I have no idea if you identify at all with back then being a love addict, but I certainly was. And I think people hear my story. Sorry, you guys, if you can hear my dog, like rolling around on the carpet behind me and just having a very fun time. But um, I, when people hear that I got sober, I think a lot of people assume that that was my rock bottom. And it actually wasn't. Like my sobriety was just kind of the la- my last 
kind of, you know, vice that I had, alcohol was like what I was holding on to, like in the meantime, while I was still healing from love addiction and like that relationships and love were my poison like that. Well, yeah, but you're drinking alcohol to get through that, right? I mean, so that, you know, it's like whether it's food, whether it's shopping, whether it's alcohol, you know, whether it's drugs, whatever it is that, that in that moment is taking you away from getting to the core of what the real issue is of Mm -hmm. what's really going on. So for me, I mean, I was addicted to cigarettes. I used to smoke like at least a pack a day Mm -hmm. until I was 27 years old. And when I stopped that, um, which by the way, I did through 12 step program myself. um, When I stopped that, you know, that was when I really had to face myself, you know, or, you know, if I didn't go to food or whatever it was, you know, Mm -hmm. try to try to escape my feelings, because learning to deal with your feelings, that's the challenging part to not let them take over. Right. Mm -hmm. It's who I talk about that all the time about like running Mm -hmm. away from feeling your feelings. And and it's, yeah, I I escaped that for years and years and years. and, And it's like, there are still times, um, you know, I was just telling you before we started recording, we're having some issues with my son with special needs and it's been like an emotional, it's, it's one thing to go through stuff with my business or my marriage, but when it's my kid, Mm. forget it. Like you talk about wanting to run away from that pain who it's like a freight train coming. Mm -hmm. And, um, God, I mean, I have to pull out all my tools and like work on my stuff and reach out to my friends and, and, you know, practice self-kindness and all of these things. So Mm. it's a constant, constant work on yourself thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's with a child with autism, you know, and even with children who don't have autism, it's a constant it's thing. Still. Right? Yes. I have one that doesn't have autism. Still. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they're, totally. you know, they're there to push your buttons just as much. Right? right. Right. Well, here's a question I hear from my listeners pretty often is when, what to do when they start their own personal development journey and start to really get into it. And their partner, however, does not. Their partner doesn't get it. They don't necessarily even want to hear about it. And things kind of shift in the relationship. So my question for you is, do you think this marriage can still work? And if so, how? So I think that... (laughs) As I always say, it depends on the relationship, you know, and where you're at and how young were you when you met and how how much did you really know yourself when you met? You know, I mean, I look at relationships a little different than a lot of people. I mean, it's a relationship is a choice, right? So we make a choice to be with somebody. And if you are on a journey where you both have a vision of, going in the same direction of what you want to achieve, then the the marriage can work, you know, and sometimes we go off track and we're not on the same page, you know, and that's totally normal to go through these, you know, different stages in your marriage where you're not on the same page, right? But Mm -hmm. if in the end, you know, we want to achieve this together, we're in it to win it, you know, then of course your marriage is going to going to last. But, you know, some people are in marriages where it's just, you know, they're just not on the same page and they're in this misery loves company sort of dynamic. So what I suggest is, you know, that you get some outside help, whether it's through a relationship coach, whether it's through a counselor and really help you, 
you know, sift your way through the difficult time. You know, I mean, I, Clayton and I have gone through points in, in my career, even I remember now, even now that you're saying that when I was getting, you know, I had gotten my master's when we were together, but when I got my life coaching, you know, degree and it was like all new and I was all in this self-help mode and he was like, dude, you need to calm down. <laughs> you know, this is like wonky stuff. Like I was going to all these seminars and he's like, okay, there's snake oil salesmen. Don't go down that path. <laughs> And I was like, you're so negative. How can you possibly like, I don't like this vibration? Yes. You know, get out of my way. And oh, God bless him. I mean, he just really like, you know, stuck by my side and kept, you know, trying to keep me in reality land. And, you know, I knew that he always had my best, his best intentions, you know, in his heart for me and for us. And, you know, I got through it and then we were on the same page again and then we get off the same page and then we get back on the same page. And that's why I say, you know, relationships take work. You have to be talking with each other, communicating with each other, you know, and just if, if, if the talks are about, okay, we want this to work, how do we make it work? How do we stay in the solution of making our marriage work? Then, you know, absolutely. There's definitely been times in my life where my paycheck ran out before I got paid again, and I wish I could have accessed my next paycheck a few days before I was due to get it. Well, what if I told you that can happen with Earnin? Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use Earnin for anything you need to, therapy visits, rent, or even extra self-help books. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in noise under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. Noise under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. You know, I think any marriage can work. 
I mean, I'm in the business of helping people have a better marriage. You know, it's just you have to really take a look at your relationship in the mirror and be honest, put it in reality land. You know, where are we at right now? Here we are. You know, how do we get through this? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) There's so many layers to that, you know, I'm. There There's, is. And I, I, I did not expect you to wrap it up in seven minutes. You know, <laughs> Get out your crystal ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But look, like, you know, I mean, I, my business is actually expanding right now. We're, we're doing a division called Divorce Doctor and the website should be up in the next month or so. And so there are th- people who are in three different phases in their life, right? They either want to they're in the 11th hour and they are want, contemplating on whether they get divorced. Mm-hmm. So it's either you have, a, you're going to go down this path and you're going to have a better marriage. Or if you decide to get divorced, we're going to help you have a better divorce. And in the meantime, we're going to help you be better parents, mm-hmm. you know, because it's all about co-parenting. Cause that's like, as you say, that's the most important relationship is for the children. I mean, I come from a broken home and it's the worst thing. Mm-hmm. That can possibly happen. And that can continue well into adulthood. (laughs) That's why most people find their way into my office because of relationships, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. most people seek therapy because their relationships are out of whack. But then you get to the root of it and it's anxiety or depression or alcoholism or whatever it is. But, um, but so yeah, when we're in the 11th hour and we think our relationship isn't going to work because we're all into, you know, this new way of being and self-discovery and individuation and, and excitement of who we're becoming and our partner isn't on the same page. Well, if your partner isn't going to be supportive of you at all, then you really have to be honest with yourself and say, okay, am I going to go down this path? You know, is this going to be something that's healthy? Because ultimately you want your relationship to inspire you to become a better person. And you also want to inspire your spouse to become a better person too. It's we're supposed to be on the same team here, right? Mm -hmm. And balance each other out. And, you know, one person might have strengths in one area and the other person has strengths in another area. And are we good teammates? Are we in it to win it? You Mm -hmm. know, this, this game that we've chosen to play together. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I just want to tag on to something that you said too about about going to therapy. And I think that and, I, and I'm not a therapist, but I make up in my own experience and talking to other people that have gone. We we tend to go to therapy when it's an emergency, like when things have gotten so bad <laughs> that mm-hmm. we should have probably gone two years ago or more. So I always like anytime I write about relationships and I, I wrote a post like when I turned 40, you know, like what I would have, what I would have told like my 20 year old self or something. And I was like, the time to work on your marriage is now, like when you're not with someone, like work on yourself and maintenance, like when you're married and it's, it seems kind of weird, you know, like why would I go to therapy? Like if we just have like minor problems, go trust me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and if it's not therapy, like do something together, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think that there's three components into having a healthy relationship and they're broken down into, you know, pretty simple words. One is hugging, meaning, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be sex all the time, but mm-hmm. to be like sweet with each other. Like in, in the morning, you know, peck each other, you know, a kiss on the lips to say good morning. When you're in the kitchen, you know, just, just rub your touch um, each other. hand, you know, on your mm-hmm. husband's back, you know, touch your, touch your husband's hand, you know, like acknowledge each other, like, Hey babe, you know, send a sweet little text, you know, that is just the simple things you can do to nurture your relationship. And the second one is 
talking. You have to communicate with each other when it's good, not just the honey, we need to talk, talk. Mm -hmm. You need to continue to have communication with each other every single day. (laughs) And it's not just like, okay, because, you know, once you have kids, it's all about diapers and how many poops did the kid have Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what time are you going to pick the kids up from school? No, it's connecting with each other, you know, setting that time aside is, you know, it's like putting gasoline in your car every week. Like you have to do it for your car to run. Well, you have to do it for your relationship to run. Mm -hmm. And, um, the third is being like, be mindful of your relationship and, you know, your spouse and where they are out at and also yourself, you know, be honest about yourself and where you're at. And that goes back to also what we were just talking about. Um, you know, you have to be mindful, like, even though you're now on this new journey of self realization, your spouse might not be, be sensitive to that, you Mm -hmm. know, and and you might be intimidated by it, be intimidated, or they might, you know, not really get it. And your excitement might be overwhelming for them, you know, so just and you if you want the relationship to work, be mindful of where they're at as well. And we, we need to live by example anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So live by example to your spouse instead of just, you know, telling them they're negative and horrible and they're wrong. They're wrong, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely. That's great advice. Thank you. And I was, I was perusing your site recently, which I love, by the way, you guys go. <laughs> Easiest way to get there, yourkickasslife.com forward slash seven three. And you have this really great Dr. Aris video reel on your website. It's got so many great nuggets, clips from, you know, you therapizing people on different shows and just all about relationships. And and one of them jumped out at me and you said something to the effect of if you haven't healed your past, you can't have a good relationship with yourself. And if you can't have a good relationship with yourself, you can't have a good relationship with a partner. Now, I know, again, this is a really meaty, juicy question. Mm-hmm. But for someone listening where that strikes a chord, where do you suggest they begin? Right. Well, you know, your relationship with yourself needs to be number one. And that isn't being selfish. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not like, you know, I need to spend this money to buy these, you know, Louis Vuitton. I was going to say that. I need a new (laughs) penny (laughs) bag. It's that, you know, I need to go, you know, take care of myself, um, you know, and I – you know, we, we do the wheel of life too. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're all about that. Right. So you have to, um, be in tune with yourself mentally, physically, you know, with your body, um, career, finance, your relationships, your home environment, all of these aspects of your life need to be in a good place. Like you need to feel solid with yourself at a core level in order to be in a healthy relationship. If you're insecure, if you're not in a good place, if you don't feel good about yourself and the choices you're making, that's exactly the kind of relationship you're going to attract in your life, or that's how other people are going to treat you, how you feel about yourself, right? So working on yourself is key. Being happy or at least working on yourself, you know, is the number one responsibility you have. And that is also if you're in a relationship, I mean, if you're happy with yourself, that's the reflection you're going to give to your spouse on how to treat you. You know, if you treat yourself well, other people are going to treat you well. And so, yeah, I mean, we all need tune-ups, right? Our relationships need tune-ups, but we need tune-ups ourselves. And if we're, you know, putting 
you know, I mean, talk about, you know, love addiction or, or being in toxic relationships or toxic marriages. I mean, that says something about where we're at within our own lives, Mm -hmm. how we feel in that relationship, right? Absolutely. And when you were saying all that, it reminded me of when I was in my twenties and I, I had a similar story to yours. I, I just attracted – I was actually in a really long relationship that ended up not working out. And in, in retrospect, what I see that I was doing was – and this is just classic codependence. But to explain that, it was my desperate need and really addiction to control. And what that manifested as is I, I needed to – I was obsessed with changing him. Mm-hmm. I was – refusing and I wasn't even conscious of this like I totally refused to look at my own stuff I just was convinced I was married to the belief that if he changed if everyone around me changed even like members of his family and members of my family and the guy at the bodega and like <laughs> everybody if they mm-hmm. just acted right like what, what my definition of that then I would be happy then I wouldn't act like a crazy person anymore. And that is exhausting. Let me tell you, I did it for over a decade. And I finally was like, oh, maybe if I changed and looked at my own shit, then things might change. And my whole life changed for the better. It yeah. was easy. Yeah. No, it's not easy work. And, you know, I, I see it a lot of times also. I mean, in, in, in today's time, I mean, you see, especially with women, you know, they're not attracting relationships and they're in their 40s, you know, and still haven't found the person. And, and you start getting really desperate. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and you think that, OK, I'm going to date this person or I'm going to be with a person um, with their potential. Right. Right. And so they're going to change, you know, or and I'm going to put so much time and energy into another person because they'll change and put work into a person because they'll change. But at the same time, you're just that's another addiction Mm -hmm. because you're not able to face yourself and honor yourself enough to say, you know what, I deserve better than this. I'm not go down that path. Right. So it just it just says like that's where we're at. And by the way, your 20s are supposed to be a mess. Right. You know, like people need to stop giving themselves such a hard time in their 20s. I mean, I love, I mean, my clients, uh, you know, who I get to work, get to work with in their, you know, 20s, if they're able to work with me, you know, I just look at them. I'm like, give yourself a break. Like, it's okay to have this anxiety right now. It's okay to be depressed and lost and confused. It really is okay. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a break because you're, you're 20. You're supposed to be figuring this self out. Absolutely. You know, this self. Yeah. I mean, I got to hand it to my clients that have come to me and they're in their 20s and I have the same experience. And I'm like, here, I'm just going to give you all these tools and go out and mess them all up. <laughs> Hold on to them, though. So when yeah. you're in your 30s and 40s, yeah. <laughs> you can start yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look beautiful and great in your 20s. You know, you feel like, oh, my God, you know, you've got this glowing skin and you're looking fantastic. You don't have to figure it all. God's a fair God, you know, like (laughs) look beautiful, be a mess. And then, yeah, get your shit together later. Yeah. Yeah. But learn from your mistakes. You know, I mean, you know, I think your 20s a lot, you know, if you're if you're fortunate enough and I think your your listeners are, you know, in the self-help on the self-help journey. Right. Of self-awareness. If you're in that place, you're able to learn from your, you know, it's failing forward. Right. Mm -hmm. We make a mistake and then we build upon that and it builds character. Yeah. You know, builds who we are. I mean, we can't. We can't see the light until we've seen the dark on some level. Right. I mean, it's, it's impossible. 
Absolutely. Yes. I love that. You can't, it, the polarity is, is super important. Yes. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. So I read a statistic somewhere and again, you know, I'm bad with quotes and I'm also bad with stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was, um, it was a, it was a study that was done. There was a therapist that studied couples over like a 25 year span and, what came out of it was that a couple's sex life satisfaction tends to be the worst when they have smaller, younger children. And the obvious reason for that seems to be that life is crazy busy and um, parents' attention tends to move away from each other and towards their children. So what advice for parents do you have during that time? I know you gave, you gave some great advice a few minutes ago, but anything for parents of young children? Yeah, because I'm a parent of a toddler. You're living right? it. <laughs> yeah, I'm living it right now. And... and I mean, oh God, we can go on and on and on about this. My sex life is better now than it was before kids. Really? Yes. And I will tell you that we put a lot of energy and effort into into that being that way. Uh-huh. You know, um, we have to have sex during his nap yeah, on a Sunday. Totally during the day. Weekends. <laughs> on <here>. a Sunday, <laughs> you know? Because I'll tell you what, I have a little almost two-year-old boy and I'm exhausted at the end of the day with work and, you know, marriage and toddler, I mean, and working out and, you know, really trying to find balance in my life. I mean, it's really exhausting, right? But you have to schedule it in. And, you know, I mean, the research is, I mean, statistics are statistics. Research is research. People are actually happier before marriage and children. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they have more fulfilled lives. They get to go out. They get to have fun. You know, they get to spend their money wherever they want to spend it. I mean, we make this conscious decision to have sure. children and it really messes with our lives if you want to be real about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. think it's any wonder why we are now in a generation where there's a lot of couples that are child-free by choice. Yeah. does surprise me yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it takes a certain level of self-awareness and, you know, to do that. And I think it's awesome. I do. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I really do. I think it's an amazing choice to make. And then others, you know, we make the choice to have children and we get to experience love like no other, mm-hmm. you know, but talk about work. I mean, it's a lot of work to balance a child and a marriage, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes, I think it takes more work. Yeah, Because now you've got to make sure that you're on the same page with parenting and you've got to make sure you're on the same page with finances on a different level. And you've got to make sure you're on the same page in your marriage and you're still moving forward in the same direction. And it takes work. And, you know, even if you're exhausted, you got to you got to just do it. I mean, to be honest, like I can't Literally. tell you how many times. Yeah, how many times I'm like, oh my god, I'm really not in the mood right now, but I still do it. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh my god, why don't we do this more often? This is actually really fun, and I think that every week. You know? Totally. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
you get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And sometimes if you're not, you know, I mean, I think you should really just, I mean, and people think this is just so unromantic and unspontaneous. Look, if you have time in your life and the luxury in your life to be spontaneous, then do it. You know, by all means, by all means, I mean, do it. Um, I am, you know, I need my sleep. I'm exhausted at night. I'm not a night. I don't want to shave my legs every day. You know, I mean, just in case someone's spontaneous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but get over that. You got to get over the shaving the legs, and hopefully, your husband's over the shaving the legs part. You know, I like to have I like to have clean shaven legs. That's why I love um, <laughs> scheduling it because you know we started doing that be- for exactly the reasons that you were saying. It's like a couple weeks would go by, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. we had to, so we had to have that conversation and and do that, and especially now that our kids are old enough. On the weekends after breakfast, they can get – they have screen time. Mm-hmm. And now we've discovered that that is like prime time because we're not exhausted. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just you, – you just you just have to figure it out and like what works and, and yeah. actually talk about it. Talk about it and figure it out. And, you know, when people tell me like, oh, I don't want to do that, I'm like, yeah, then you'll just keep staying in the same place that you're in because that really mm-hmm. is the only solution. You know, you have to look at yourself. You have to look at your situation and, you know, you got to just, you know, figure out a time to just do it. And then it, it ends up being fun, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, you know, we have the monitor in the room and he's taking a nap and we're having sex. We're like, please don't wake up. Please don't wake up. Right. So, and it's happened a couple of times. He's woken up. We're like, oh man, we yeah. have to like, you know, reschedule it in tonight, but you just commit to it. And then it ends up being a fun game that you get to play with each other. And it keeps the foreplay going. Mm-hmm. It keeps, keeps the romance going. And when I say um, better sex. Um, it's more connected sex because we uh, do realize, I mean, I have to walk my talk, you know, mm-hmm. I can't just be like helping couples out there and not be looking at my own self in the mirror. And so we had to up our communication and up, you know, our, our connection with one another to make sure that, you know, we're nurturing our relationship because if we don't put our relationship 
you know, up there at the, you know, I say, take care of yourself first. You have to take care of your relationship, you know, because so many people put their kids first. It's all about the kids. It's all about the kids and the relationships go, you know, it goes over in the corner on the side over there. Mm-hmm. And, noble excuse. And, and that, but that's just horrible for your children. Yeah. Because your chill, what your children want more than anything is for you guys to be happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So when, when my little kid Phoenix sees, you know, Clayton and I give each other a kiss. I mean, it's like, Oh my God. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like the funnest thing ever. Or he wants to get in on it, you know? Yeah. So you want to see your parents happy because you, you are an example to your children of how to be in a relationship. Absolutely. That is really a number one work that you have to do. And even in working with parents, because it's, you know, one of the things that we do at my company, um, you know, parenting is you have to you have to focus on being on the same page and putting your relationship, you know, as a number one, because you are an example, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's just, I can't express how important that is. So yeah, have sex. Because <laughs> you're, happier, you're happier when you're connected with each other and you're having sex. Absolutely. I agree. What surprises you about the work you do within relationships with couples? Um, a lot. I mean, surprises me. I mean, I've seen so much. I've done this for so long. But the one thing is that people don't want to put the work into it. And they'd rather they'd rather stay in the miserable feeling than do the work to be happier. Mm. They'd rather stay in the resentment that they're having towards their spouse than to get over it and work through it and to be happier together. You know, they'd rather stay in their own anger towards whatever their spouse has done in the past rather than to make a commitment to stay together and move forward together. You know, you got to either you've got to either decide I'm going to have a better marriage or I'm going to have a better divorce, mm-hmm. right? I got you got to choose one. You're either in it to win it or get out. Right. And and I'm a big fan of staying in it, especially if children are involved. You know, mm-hmm. but I, you know, this is I, this is one of my favorite tools that I do um, in with couples when they're in high crisis and they just can't get past their own BS. Um, is I record the session so they can just hear themselves. Oh God, ridiculous they sound. Oh, that's like, painful to watch. Take, take your iPhones. I say it right now. I'm like, you either have to get out or if you know, I can't work with you if you're going to stay like this. Put your recorders on, and then when you go home, you need to listen to yourselves. You know, and so maybe if you guys are having an argument at home, you can use that tool too and just reflect on how we're treating each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to figure out a way to get over your own egos and find a happier place because, you know, the world is really, it's, it's a tough world we're living in today. And, you know, I mean, people are struggling financially, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, violence out there. I mean, it's, it's just not an easy place to be. And if you have a partner that wants to be in this with you for the long haul, then why not find a way to be happy together? You know, why not put the energy in it to be in a good place together? And, and to be honest, like, it's as simple as getting over your own ego, 
and just taking, uh, you know, taking your, your sp- being mindful of your spouse, taking them into consideration and acknowledging that and working through these things together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not easy being in a relationship. That's another thing, you know, people just not wanting to put the work into it. They just don't want to put the work into it. And it's, you know, it saddens me. Yeah. Well, my, my guess is that, and I, I, I say this from experience, you know, cause I was, I was really that person who, um, well, before I married my first husband, we were in therapy and mm-hmm. we, we'd been together for a long time, 10 years before we even got married. And she said, we finally, we were, you know, it's the same story around and around. We kept going and she looked at me, he was there with me. She looked at me and she said, I really truly believe he's not going to change. So you have two choices. You can either stay and live with this habit that he had. He, it was a long story. Um, basically like treating me like shit. <laughs> or mm-hmm. you can leave and not marry him. Mm-hmm. And I, I married him. Because mm-hmm. for me, it was that it was that situation where both outcomes sucked. You know, it's like I leave and try to start over. And we had so much history together. And I was so enmeshed in his family. Or I stay and that outcome I knew wasn't great either, but I did what was most comfortable and I did like what I, it was all, he was all I knew since I was 17. And so I think there's a lot of people listening that can probably relate to that. We can all relate to that. Yeah. I just, I think it it was safe, even though it was toxic. Yeah. And I think it ties into all that we, all that we've talked about, right? you know, today is that taking care of yourself and listening to yourself and being honest with yourself. And if you're on a different page than your spouse and it's just not working, then you have to really look at the relationship in reality land, you know, for what it is. And so many people stay in hopes that the person is going to change. Well, that's like, that's like a lifetime commitment that you're choosing for yourself. Right. Because a lot (laughs) of times, yeah, you know, I mean, seriously, because it is like heaven and hell is here right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only reality that you know. Right? I thought if I married him, he would change. And then I thought if I, maybe if we have kids, he would change. And then that's and when everything fell apart. By the way, do not have kids thinking that your spouse is going to save your marriage. Yeah. Because it's going to make it worse. <laughs> I almost did. I almost did. But he chose to have kids with someone else while we were married. So I'm blessed for that. But I... I, I can relate to anyone that thinks that, like that just both outcomes suck and mm-hmm. I get it. I so get it. And, you know, you need to do what you need to do. But I, I think even just being aware of that for a lot of people might make some shifts. Yeah. Well, I mean, even with my marriage, I was with my husband five years before we got married and we were engaged once and I called off the wedding because I knew that we weren't in a good place together. And people have, they bought their plane tickets um, to our wedding and, you know, every, you know, the place was set, everything was set to go. I mean, people were literally, they flew, they had their plane tickets flying in from Europe mm-hmm. to come to our wedding. And I had, you know, I had to find the courage within myself and call it off because I knew it wasn't right. I wasn't just going to, you know, do it because mm-hmm. I had a wedding date set. And I'm more grateful than anything that I did because that really, I mean, talk about a, a bottom and a breaking point in our relationship. We had to really like take a look at ourselves. And, you know, that took a lot for him too, because talk about ego, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh my God, she, you know, just called off the wedding. And so we had to work on our um, relationship at that point in time. And he ended up reproposing <laughs> and we ended up getting married, you know, after that. But, you know, 
You needed that. Yeah, we, we needed that, you know, so I think we all go through challenges in our own ways. We all have different dynamics. There's no like magic pill. But I think that if you can really just be honest, I mean, it's about being honest in the moment and being mindful of the other person and nurturing the relationship and putting energy into it, then you can really like decide like, are we going to make a are we going to make a strong commitment and union with each other? Or, or should we are we going to be happier people? like moving on and going our separate ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, such good stuff. I have one more question before we wrap up. And I love to ask this question of my guests so we can all share some common humanity. Because I know there's people listening who are like, oh, this woman with her doctorate in marriage and family counseling. But hey, I just admitted I called off my wedding. I know, I know. <laughs> and we appreciate <laughs> yeah. your vulnerability. Oh, I, so I, I am all about telling people like my marriage isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. I have to work on it. It's not like we're like the Brady Bunch over here at all. In fact, we're the exact opposite because this is like the most relationships are challenging for me. Mm -hmm. And that was my question for you. Like what trips you up? Like when do you have to reach into your toolbox and practice what you know and teach? It doesn't have to be marriage stuff. It is my marriage stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I do what I do. And I think that's why I'm Sorry to say, but I am good at what I do, mm-hmm. you know, because I work really hard at my marriage. It is not, it doesn't come easy to me. I didn't have good examples. My parents were not good examples in their marriage with each other. And I have always struggled with it. And my husband and I are both very, very strong personalities, you know, um, we're both extroverted a type personalities and, you know, we can easily get into a power struggle and do, mm-hmm. you know, but then I have to use my tools that I teach every day <laughs> and I have to grab into my toolbox and become vulnerable and, and the key to, you know, I mean, being vulnerable with another person allows the intimacy to come back in. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the other night, my husband was sharing with me his frustration, you know, that he was having. And I was exhausted at the end of the night. And I was basically like, get over it. Like, please just get over it, you Mm -hmm. know. And then I went to sleep that night. And then I woke up in the morning. And I said, you know, like, I'm really sorry. Um, about our conversation last night, I would just like to acknowledge that I hear you, that you're going through a really hard time about this. And I'm sorry about that. And I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was just like, wow, I really appreciate you saying that. Like, that's mm-hmm. all I did for you to acknowledge it. And that was me getting over my own ego, right? And right. just trying to tune into him and where he's at. And just those words get you a really long way. You know, because then you have the conversation later in the day and he's like, Eris, you know, I just want you to know I really love you. Mm-hmm. I just love you. You know, because I, I, you know, I allowed myself to be sensitive towards him. Yeah. It, oh, I love that story. It takes so much work. I know a few months ago I was mad at my husband for something and it happened while he was at work and we had this conversation. And then when he got home, he knew like it was going to go down. And so I sat him down in the kitchen. The kids were playing outside and I started talking and I said, I just, I want you just to listen because I preface my conversations because he's a fixer. And so I'm like, I just need you to listen. I need you to hear me out. And I told him, I'm like, I was mad at you and that was all my shit. And I proceeded to tell him like, 
my anger really didn't have anything to do with what he did. It brought up all my triggers. It brought up all my stuff. So I basically was owning my part in it and basically telling him, like, I'm not mad at you and I'm sorry for being a dick to you. And he just kind of stood there with his mouth open. And I, when I was done talking, he's like, I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he it's, was thankful. Yeah. So I was no, like, totally. yay me for a grown-up, healthy marriage. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's it, it, You're being mindful, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the key. You're being mindful of yourself, right? right? You're aware, you're being in the moment. It sounds like you probably talk to other people too. <laughs> yeah, it's to, nice to have life coaching yeah, therapist friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, need, you, need, you need to like whatever it is, whether it's a counselor. Um, and, and, and by the way, if you do choose, you know, a life coach or a therapist, make sure you are very careful in your shopping. Yes. Because there are so many people that haven't that are out there teaching you trying to teach you to become better people or help you work through like major issues in your life and they haven't done it in their own life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and and then they project their stuff onto you so just make sure you're careful in Good choosing advice, yeah um be very careful i mean i always say talk to three people at least you know make sure you're really doing your research but yeah so talk to other people when you're frustrated and you know talk things out with somebody who's level minded not like oh yeah you should be mad at him you know he's a jerk mm-hmm. no you should always you should always be able to look at yourself in this situation and say okay what's my part in this yeah uh, and then just keep the focus on yourself instead of them and then you'll be amazed at what kind of breakthrough you might have Right, right. I, I love that. Thank you for, for sharing for sharing all your wisdom today. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a great conversation. Tell everyone where they can find you online and come and say hi to you. Yeah, so you can go to com. It's, you know, doctor spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R, and then my name, Eris, dot com. And we have all sorts of new things that are coming about right now. So, um, you know, stay tuned. Um, you know, we have Divorce Doctor that is, um, you know, a new branch of the business that's coming out. And I have a counseling company in Los Angeles called Second Chances Counseling. Mm-hmm. And we have, we have affordable health care, mental health care, and also coaching. Awesome. So we have lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It's DrAris.com. Doctor all spelled out. And if you want any links to Eris's book or anything like that, if you can, it's easy to go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash seven three. And Until next time, everyone, thank you so much for being here, and I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. 
with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.